Hey everybody, uh, good afternoon to you. It is September 28th at 12.15. Hope you're doing well. I've got a, uh, a potential tech issue, but it looks like I'm going okay, so we're a go. Um, today we're getting ready for, the, uh, for homecoming. Uh, Minnesota comes to town on Saturday at noon. Uh, Purdue's coming off a win. 9-13 to 13 over Illinois, where they played really... Uh, three quarters of more than three quarters. Let's let's say um, seven eighths of uninspired offensive football, followed by one uh, one great drive uh, to end the game, and that was enough to beat Illinois. As uh, Anish and Jay and I said at uh, during the handsome hour last week, Illinois is not a very good team. I still believe that Purdue was down uh, a host of players. They were down. Of course, Bell, Rice, uh, Doru, Horvath still. Um, they lost Dean during the game. Cam, Cam Craig, I think, didn't play coming into the game. Um, Trice was out during the game, and I think I'm missing a couple still. Payne Durham was lost during the game. Garrett Miller's coming off of injury. He's a little nicked up still, but he's, he's, he's relatively healthy. But to be down... Uh, your number one tight end, uh, your number one running back, your number two running back, your number one receiver, your number two receiver, um, is pretty tough on an offense. I, I don't think anybody can can debate that point. Um, but to score that few points and to call the game as it was called by Brom is pretty tough to swallow for for me as a fan. Um, the play calling continues to be head scratching at best. Maybe perhaps perhaps the uh, the issue is confidence that Brom doesn't have the, the, the two deeps. He doesn't believe that they can do it. They can, um, they can uh, hold their own uh, when he calls things that are off the beaten path a bit. I don't know, but Andrew Day has a, has a gr- good early point saying, thankfully the defense is better in this year. I'm going to talk about that, Andrew, and I completely agree. Um, the defense um, is obviously a catalyst for – for Jeff Brom's team. There's no doubt. And I'm going to talk a little bit about how important that defense is here in a moment as I look to the past to talk about the future of this season. Um, so we saw a couple interesting things. We saw Plummer get benched again for the second time in two games. Uh, this time AOC came in. He threw, I think he threw one or two picks again. Uh, one of them was right off the hands of um, Bilodo. It wasn't a bad pass. Um, I don't know if there's a second. My brain's kind of fallen here. But um, AOC uh, also had a great game-winning drive, a long drive, 90-plus-yard drive to win the game. Um, AOC's pretty good at moving the team down the field when the pressure is on. There's no doubt about that. So um, a big question that a lot of people have probably going into the Minnesota game is, uh, who's it going to be? Is it going to be Plummer or uh, AOC? As uh, Jeff Brom talked about yesterday in his presser, he said that an internal uh, decision will be made and they, they will talk to the team about that, uh, of who's starting at quarterback. I think it's an easy one at this point. I think you have to start O'Connell for multiple reasons. One reason is after you've yanked a guy around, like Plummer has been pulled out of games, um, I think it shows that you don't have a lot of confidence. He probably feels that way. So it's good to move on, move forward at this point. Both guys can play. Um, one second. Both guys are capable quarterbacks, but with the offensive line the way it is right now, you need to have a quarterback that's getting the ball out of his hands quickly, and Plummer has really struggled to do that. Um, 
There's something about the way AOC, he gets his drop is quicker. He gets the ball out quicker. I still think Plummer's arm is better, but you can't argue with uh, O'Connell's decision-making in that he does, he makes a decision very fast. And in a, uh, a situation where you, you don't have any time, which he does not have any time, neither does Plummer, you've got you've to have a guy that, that is good at releasing the ball quickly. Also, um, AOC does tend to stretch the field. He made a very, 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 very good decision in um, making Yassin his primary target um, for a couple of drives. Um, Yassin had that amazing outstretch uh, catch, and I'm not sure. I know that didn't lead to a touchdown, but it was a catalyst to show, okay, we can move the ball. Purdue can move the ball. Um, I've been begging to see Yassin in a significant role for a while because I think he has huge potential. He showed his potential. He showed what he can do. He's got great length. He's got good speed, decent route running at this point, which will get better. Um, another uh, interesting subplot. There's a couple here for the receivers. One of those, of course, is Milton Wright dropped a pair. Well, he dropped one ball, and then he had another route where he slipped and wasn't near the ball when it came down, but he made up for it. He had two great catches. Um, uh, one of them should have been targeting again. Uh, Illinois, exactly as we talked about both here at the Quick Cast and in the Handsome Hour, Illinois hits hard and they're pretty dirty. And then on top of that, they got coaches who seem to encourage that. Uh, they showed it when they stood over a Purdue injured player. I think that was Dean, um, and it almost caused a fight. Um, I am no fan of Burt. Uh, I'm no fan of Illinois, and I really don't like Brown. They're, um, uh, I think he's a linebacker or a strong safety. I can't remember who should have been ejected twice. Uh, of course, he was not ejected at all because of Big Ten offici- officiating, doing what it always does. So Purdue heads into Minnesota game. They are favored, which is pretty surprising, I think, for most Purdue fans if you don't pay attention to things outside of Purdue. But here's the story. It's real simple. Minnesota played B- Bowling Green last week. Minnesota was favored by 30 points. Minnesota lost to Bowling Green. That simple. In that game, uh, Minnesota couldn't move the ball through the air. Um, Five for 13, 59 yards, two interceptions. They can still run the ball. They will be able to run the ball. They will try to run the ball against Purdue. That's what defines them. Even without their first running back, they're still really good. That's their offensive line. Those guys are road graders. They're tough to... uh, tough to stop. Purdue's front is going to have a really good challenge. Hopefully Dean will be out of percussion, uh, percussion, uh, percussion. Let's try again. Hopefully Dean will be out of concussion protocol. There we go. And um, if he is, that would be a big difference maker for the defensive front. Uh, of course, uh, Carl Loftus continues to play great. He was clearly on a snap count, uh, which was really interesting to me. Um, he, uh, he played 60 snaps. Um, I believe Graham played 70 snaps last week. The thing that's interesting about it is that during that final drive when Illinois was going down the field to try to beat Purdue, um, Carl Loftus was nowhere to be found. He wasn't on the field. In fact, he was on the sideline without his helmet, which I was like, oh no, is big George Hurt. Of course, he was not. Came in, pressured Illinois' quarterback again, uh, did what he does, and Purdue closed out Illinois, thankfully. Uh, partially because Illinois doesn't have very good quarterback play, partially because their wide receivers on the outside aren't great. Um, regardless, Purdue's defense rose to the occasion again, and they are the difference between a one and two or one and uh, let's see, Purdue's three and one right now. I think they would have lost two more games, so they'd be two and two right now versus three and one. It's a much better place to be sitting in this seat versus the other. Let's look back to the past for a second at some of the problems Jeff Brom teams have had in close games, both versus respectable opponents and bad opponents. Okay, let's go way back. 
if you go back to 2017 and you look at, uh, they lost to Rugger by two points. That's that painful, one of the most painful losses in Brahms' uh, era. Uh, they lost to Nebraska that year by one point. In both games, they had chances to close out. They also had chances for offense to do things, but they didn't do it. But they had chances. They didn't do it. In 18, they lost to Eastern Michigan, of course, by one point. That was that horrible rainy game. Um, Eastern Michigan was not a good team. Even as we prove out, we can look back through the prism of what we know now. They were not a good team. Missouri was a three-point loss that, that year. Um, in the last two seasons, now let's get focused on the more near uh, history. You have Nevada, three-point loss. Minnesota, seven-point loss. Iowa, six-point loss. IU, three-point loss. Northwestern, seven-point loss. Minnesota, three-point loss. And Rugger, seven-point loss last year. What's my point? My point is, when you lose by a possession, at some point the defense has to step up and stiffen and stop the and, and stop the bleeding and end the game. Right? Some of those games, uh, they were asking the defense to do too much. But many of those times, it just would have been one stop away from winning the game. This year, versus Oregon State and Illinois both, the defense closed the game out. And um, that's a big deal. The question is, do you want to keep going to that well? I sure as heck don't. I think it's a lot to ask a defense to perpetually do this, especially one that's banged up. But I will say, defense wins close games. There is no doubt about it. And it's great to see this defense uh, is clearly vastly improved. I said it weeks ago. I thought Purdue's defense is good. I think Oregon State beating the hell out of USC at USC proves that a little bit more. Oregon State, I think, put up 45 versus USC. This stuff matters, guys. This stuff shows that uh, Oregon State's a pretty worthy opponent and uh, Purdue's defense is really, really solid because they hold, held Oregon State to only 21 points. Uh, that's, that's a big deal. All right, <clears throat> let's move on a little bit to injury talk. I think it's really important. If we look at uh, what's happening right now, uh, Rice is out for at least four more games right now with a foot injury. Uh, Horvath is probably out for at least three more games, at least. Let me stress that because there's some... There's some um, Question marks in there. We don't know how quickly he'll recover, but it sounds good so far with Horvath. So at least three more games coming off that uh, fibula break. Um, then, of course, you have the guys that could play, dependent on how well they do in concussion protocol. I did it better this time. Uh, Durham, Dean, of course, Bell. These guys are all um, uh, right now question marks, and we don't know what it's going to be for Saturday. And sure as heck, everybody at Purdue it, who's going to be in gold and black is hoping they can come back. Cam Craig, um, he could could return this week, um, which is a big deal. The offensive line needs help. And then, of course, Trice and Doru are mysteries a little bit. Uh, Trice has a foot or ankle injury. Um, I don't think I've heard that explained to me in a way that it makes much sense to me other than it's an injury, which happens. Um, and then Doru is a real mystery. Um, he's got an illness. And we don't know what that means, um, and we don't know when he'll return. Uh, the problem, of course, Purdue's running game uh, had 38 yards last year, last week versus Illinois. That is an awfully low number. Um, it seems to me there are a couple things that need to happen. One, Purdue needs to look at the short pass becoming the run because they're not going to run against anybody, especially against between the tackles. Uh, they got to get guys out in space. Uh, second thing, Jaquez Cross did a great job just kind of trying to do his best. He's a little guy, though, right now. He's a freshman. Um, he needs to put on some pounds if he's going to take contact like he did Saturday. I would say they really need to lean heavier on Anthrop being a running back because they talked about that coming into the season. So um, I think that's something that could be done. And, of course, the thing I talked about last week, I will beg and plead again. Coach Brown, please, please hand the controls 
over to Brian because I think it's essential. Um, he needs to be more of a CEO. There's so many problems during the game. There's so many things he needs to look over. I would absolutely love for Jeff Brom to hand the play calling off full-time to Brian. Uh, special thanks today to our friends at Gridiron Metalworks, Martin Vintage, and AJ's. AJ's is hiring right now in case you're a student or you're near campus. Um, they're looking for people. Uh, they need help, and they are good guys. It's a great place. It's really close to campus. Can't beat it. It's actually technically on campus. Um, EatAJ's.com, GridironMetalworks.com, and uh, MartinVintage.com. Those last two, enter boiled at checkout, get 15% off, which is pretty awesome. Um, finally, how do you feel? Tell me in the comments. Tell me on Twitter. How do you feel going into the Minnesota game? Minnesota has been pretty damn good versus Purdue since Brahm's been here. Uh, PJ Tightpants is um, uh, he's annoying and effective. Uh, their defense is obviously very, very good. They're stingy, um, and they run the ball. The question is, can Purdue's offense find some rhythm? Will Jeff Brom go back to old Jeff Brom, where he is calling uh, more uh, inventive plays because he believes that uh, that's the way to be a team, or is he going to play it close to the best and just completely rely on the defense to win a very, very close game? My gut tells me it's, uh, it's the latter there, but we will see. Um, I am... Very doubtful in our offense's ability to move the ball effectively and consistently at this point based on the weapons that are available. And the offensive line play is at best a work in progress, at worst uh, not going to get there this season, sadly. So there's some things have to change for Purdue's offense to become potent again and look like it's uh, legit and a... Um, uh, a, an offense that can make some noise in the Big Ten. Purdue sits at 3-1. and one. They're atop the West right now. It's a big deal, but it's very early. Lots of football left to be played. Um, uh, Andrew Day says he's nervous right now. Um, and uh, who doesn't want to beat P.J. Fleck? Everybody wants to beat him. I'll be at the game Saturday. If you see me, say hi. look forward to seeing you. Uh, if not, see you here or see you at the Handsome Hour. We'll have a Handsome Hour again later in the week. We'll probably uh, broadcast live, and we'll all do another quick cast about a week from now. Uh, thank you. God bless you. Have a great day. Hammer down. Talk to you soon.